There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello and welcome to Paper Talk. I'm Larry Ryan and with me we have Michael Minahan and Owen Cormac and his Irish Examiner. The two lads were in the Gaelic Crowns yesterday for Galway's hammering of tip in the Allianz Hurling League final. So lads, either of you willing to, to step up and say you saw that one coming? Well, I didn't see many dockets or slips from Paddy Powers in the press box yesterday around 5 o'clock. So I'd say, you know, it'd be brave men who say you saw that coming. I think a lot of people thought Galway had a good performance in them and that it wouldn't be a shock if they won, but... 16 points was certainly uh, unknown territory and uh, I think we were all at our, the pin of our collar trying to explain exactly what had happened because you know obviously Tipperary can't maintain a 100% performance every day they went out but yesterday they were they were just beaten all over the field really. Liam Sheedy you reckon Galway won every individual battle and particularly the, the six packs won all theirs um, was there any particular tactic that they took to, to shut down the tip attack? Well a lot of it seemed to stem from up front where the Galway forwards had a huge appetite for work and putting some desperately unglamorous shifts, turning people over, chasing guys down, no one more so than Conor Whelan, who turned players over, won freeze, got points because of that. And that wasn't matched by Tipperary, certainly at the other end. Um, a couple of the Tipperary players, to put it mildly, looks a bit off summer conditioning yet. But they didn't do themselves any favours because they just didn't have the appetite for work. Yes, they just wouldn't make those 20-yard runs, putting the tackles. And that obviously has a knock-on effect for the guys further back to field. Likes of uh, Cahill Barrett and Michael Cahill were barbecued, but you know they can't, they can't affect the quality of the ball coming in. That's on their forwards. And if their forwards won't work, it doesn't matter how good the defender is because he'll just be skewered all the time. And I think they got a lot of unfair criticism uh, in the last 24 hours. But if the forwards further up the field won't dirty the supply then it doesn't matter how good your defence is you're going to be destroyed and that's what happened and in your in your report you contrasted that with the work of um, Cooney and Flynn and Joe Kenny up the other end um, so is it is it a case was it was it simply down to to the savage hunger again was that was that uh, yeah it's it's a deciding factor again yeah it's funny I, I think hunger does there are a few percentage points in wanting to win and Galway obviously haven't won as much as Tip and those Galway players haven't won as much and you know Owen might be able to speak to this a bit better but is this the influence of Michal Dunham getting a full run at it maybe getting to these fellas heads and convincing them showing them you have to win the battle before you can kind of play and, and, and their half forward line were just really difficult for Tip to handle and if Padraig Maher isn't delivering those balls from space and if Ronan Maher is able to put his hand up and catch the ball. That's a huge platform for Tipperary. And they didn't have that yesterday because uh, their men, Flynn and Canning and these guys, you know, they just made that a very difficult area to operate in. They're huge physically and they were committed and had a real hunger for work yesterday. 
and that makes it very hard for any halfback to clean. You know, no matter how good they are, and Tips Tips is very good. Owen, is that where you how you saw it as well? Middle third was where Galway kind of dominated, dictated. Midfield in, in particular, um, you know, I don't know when was the last time Brendan Maher got the better of David Burke in a head-to-head battle. Um, you had yesterday, you had the 2016 semi-final and you had the 2015 final where David Burke has been one of the outstanding players for Galway when they come against Tipperary. The half-back line um, were very, very good and it's it's encouraging from a Galway perspective to see that we have a centre-back nailed down um, for a large number of years they were rotating players Dahi Burke was there for the last couple of years but then was being withdrawn to full back to look after the opposition's big men namely Seamus Callan um, but it appears now that Dahi is going to spend the summer on the edge of the square because we have a competent number six in Garrods McInerney um, yeah the half back line were very good that's where the first casualty for tip was Stephen O'Brien that was a bit of a scapegoat because you could have taken off any number of mm. players um, but the team itself not even just the middle third the team itself looks very very settled I would say management now have 14 of their strongest starting 15 nailed down and that doesn't include Niall Burke now who played yesterday Connor Cooney who was a withdrawal because of a torn calf will make the championship team um, and I think the only position up for grabs now is the left corner back between Paul Killeen and John Hanbury and I think it's a it's a very long time since Galway were so sure of their team going into championship and the other notable feature of this Galway team is how big they are um, a lot has been made of the fact that Michal Donoghue poached or whatever word you want to use uh, this chap Lucas Kersenstein who was part of the Tipperary backroom team last year yeah. he's now transferred over to the Galway camp and while Galway always had big players the conditioning this year has certainly increased several notches. Players like Joe Cooney, Cahill Mannion has filled out. Um, his brother Porrick likewise. Dahi Burke, Adrian Tuhi. These guys have really widened. Um, and it was really noticeable yesterday. Just in the physicality stakes that Galway were um, some distance ahead of Tip. Which you, you, you didn't think was going to be the case. Yeah, there's some, some consternation I believe in Tip's circles about the, the, the poaching of this uh, Kersenstein fella. Um... It's a bit too early to be worrying about Tip's conditioning, but both of you have kind of mentioned Tip's lack of conditioning at this stage of the year. Um, is it a bit early to be to be concerned? They have four weeks. I think that's sufficient to begin to turn it around. And even if you get past Cork, then on May 21st, you probably have another three weeks to Waterford. Uh, so that's probably seven weeks to turn around. And it's not like it's the entire Tip team who, um, who aren't at the, the correct pitch. Um, I think it's a very, very small number and I've no doubt that's something that's going to be addressed in the next couple of weeks when they have a closed shop now and they don't have any games yeah. in their immediate eye line one of, the, one of the other sort of popular teams after these kind of games is um, to identify the player that, uh, that's finished and has been written off and won't, won't, won't wear the jersey again like as, as you mentioned Michael a few of the I think Mickey Cahill has been sort of been the one of the scapegoats for Tip yesterday, um, and he's, I suppose he's been there a while, he's been a great servant for Tip. Is, it, is, he, is he noticeably slowing up a little bit, or is it something that's just a... Are, are we, do we tend to take, um, to make grand sort of uh, statements over a, few, a small sample in... Uh, yeah, we do, but and when you look at the Tip age profile, actually, they're all still very young, a lot of that kind of um, 07, 08 minor teams, you know, these guys who broke on in 2009, 2010, so... 
age-wise, certainly, I don't think any, there are any obvious targets. I think what's an interesting one now for Michael Ryan is someone like Stephen O'Brien, who he says, you know, a two-year plan or a three-year plan. Now do you have the luxury of that? Mm. Because, you know, every team we look at what happened to tips half-forwards yesterday and how, you know, they weren't winning puck outs, etc., etc. That ring Noel McGrath, and even though, you know, he's a conductor, he's not, you know, he's not really a, a primary ball winner or a physical player. So it'll be interesting to see if Tip trimmed their pan a little bit. But, and this is the perennial dilemma for a manager, do you hang on to the guys who have done it in the past, even though on the calendar they don't look that old, or do you take a punt on someone who may come in and may give you that X factor, even though you're obviously taking a chance on someone who hasn't performed at that level again? And that's how these managers earn their corner. I mean, for years we spoke with Brian Cody and the wealth of riches he had at his disposal but he was also more than willing to take a punt on someone and they didn't always work out we remember the ones that did but they didn't always work out and that's part of that's part of management too is is trusting your instincts so I'd be surprised if Michael Ryan cuts anyone adrift in terms of you know you've been here so long etc you know there's a great line from Chris Ryan we'll stick with what we have until we get better and you know do Tip have better than Michael Cahill I, you know, I, I, I don't know if they do. Well, that might be one of the concerns, I suppose. Um, there was a lot of talk about Tip's strength in depth and the size of their panel and and and, and uh, the great strides they made in that regard. But he, I'd imagine he'd be a little bit disappointed. Nobody has staked their claim to come in from the fifteen that started in the All Ireland final last year. Has anybody sort of broken into that? Yeah, but I suppose flip that around. You know, the gold standard always was oh, the Smith Kilkenny second fifteen. Yeah. There's no point in having the second 15. You're going to play five of them. Yeah. If you have three or four top quality subs, you have the greatest panel on earth. And very few teams have that. Most most teams, despite all this talk about having fellas who can come in and get up to the speed of the game and contribute in the third, third and fourth quarter, I think that's nonsense. You put your best players on the field. And most counties have 15, 16, 17, maybe 18 players who are really senior inter-county standard at best. And a lot of them don't. A lot of, a lot of counties are filling out their first 15s with players who aren't quite inter-county standard, and that's why they don't win the All-Ireland. That's why they don't come near it. And Tipperary actually have, I would say, at least at least 18 hmm. inter-county top-quality players. Guys who are inter-county players. And the base level players, would they be inter-county players in other counties? Yes, they would, 18 of them. But if they don't have 25 of them, that's that's not an indictment of, and that's not an indication of weakness either. It only gets interesting in dogs when fellas start to bust fingers or pull hamstrings, and yeah. you're really going down. You're going down the line, etc. Well, we're, we're in rugby country now, of course, Michael. They, they say they uh, <laughs> they put their best team at the, at the end. They're finishers, yeah. Um, do do Tip have enough finishers? Well, just to take up on Michael's point, I think they do have enough finishers. He's he's spot on with his eighteen nineteen assessment of having three four lads in reserve but I would argue that those three four lads are in attack and that they're very shy on defensive options yeah very very shy you look at the team there yesterday Bonnermar will come back into the team for May 21st um, in the half forward line you imagine you know Niall O'Mara you've Jason Ford these guys are, are adequate backup but going back the way there seems to be no one really to step into the breach if for example you know management didn't feel that Michael Cahill was up to scratch. Tomas Hamill seems to be the chap that um, 
was getting the nod, was getting the first nod off the bench in defence, Kieran Bergen. We haven't seen seen a whole pile of them. So yes, they do have 18 or 19, but those three or four lads who are able to come in and you're confident that they could impact or possibly turn a game for you, they're not in in their own half of the field. They're in attack. They don't have the defensive options, backup options mm. even. Dunamar, of course, was hamstrung yesterday, I think, was he? Uh, um, Galway and the other sides, how would you rate their, their panel? I think they're in much the same position. Um, if Paul Killing does get the nod at cornerback, John Hanbury is your 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 seventh defender. Then up front you have Johnny Glynn coming back, um, albeit he needs to do a huge amount of of hurling. Um, he swung for the first time there yesterday in the Gaelic grounds, and one journalist down the way said Johnny would need a full pitch to himself to make connection <laughs> with that Schlitter. So Johnny needs to do a huge amount of hurling, but will figure Niall Burke. Also is another um, option in reserve, as is David Glennon, who wasn't there. He's injured at present. And Porek, Brehene, uh, Conor Cooney, I believe, will come back into the side. So again, I think they're in the same position as, as Tip, would probably have one or two stronger players um, coming off the bench in defence. Of course, in some quarters of where, where, where I suppose the league is seen as only the league, this would be regarded as the, the best possible thing that could have happened to Tip at this stage of the year. Where do you, do you go along with that? I do, I suppose, in the sense that better that this happened yesterday than potentially a Munster semi-final against Waterford which then throws you into the qualifiers throws you into the unknown so I, I, I think management would probably be happy when they reflect on this this morning that this poor performance was gotten out of the system in April as opposed to a more important date down the summer um, and it'll also change the conversation you know the commentary with regard to tip this spring has been about you know, back to back and moving away from old failings and you know second year syndrome. This will 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 change the conversation a small bit in that they'll be now asked. You know what happened here and and can you <coughs> prove yourselves? And they'll only be happy to respond to that level of questioning as a, as opposed to be talking about being the top dog and being a sure bet for an All Ireland title. It'll also change the conversation in Galway, of course, as well. Uh, Anthony Daly and his colleagues today was was warning him not to be not to be writing any songs. Yes, um, would they uh, would they have the would they have a habit of getting ahead of themselves in Galway in this regard? I wouldn't think so. In fairness, I mm. I mean, there's a lot of positives. It's funny. I actually would think there's more t- for Tip to worry about yesterday than just you know we lost by four or five points or. And if we had Seamus Cannon playing, sure, we'd have made up those four or five points. I think, yeah. I think there's a, it'll definitely be a nervier journey now for them, because any time they go buying by three or four points, you know, you'd wonder that's where the strength of mind comes in. Can you push push past that, and even in, in nervousness among the spectators? As for Galway, you see, you know, as 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 we all know, you know, the kind of the inconsistency has been has been the big bugbear, but. In a funny way, they seem to have tapered it just right. Obviously, they wanted a promotion, so that wasn't part of their plan to lose to Wexford. But, you know, the incremental improvement since, you know, with Limerick Waterford knowing yesterday, that puts them in a very good position. The one thing about Dublin uh, is that Dublin are big and strong and physical as well, and I think that might actually suit Galway because they're bigger and stronger than everybody else and they have better hurlers. So I think even that will suit them in the sense that they'll have a tough battle, which I think they'll win, but that'll kind of just reinforce what they got out of yesterday and see set them up nicely for the summer. Do you agree with that, on? I do. 
I do. It's just a case now of backing it up. As Michael says, we all know about Galway's inconsistency. They've been here before. The last league title they won, they beat a Cork team in 2010 by double-digit figures and were unable to back it up in the All-Ireland Championship. They limped out of the Leinster final, lost to Kilkenny by seven, and then lost a tip in an All-Ireland quarter-final, and that was that. So backing it up for this team is is now the goal, and backing it up beyond the end of May against Dublin. Um, they'd expect themselves to beat Dublin. It's in a Leinster final against possibly and probably Kilkenny, where we can talk a bit more about Galway and are they really heading in the right direction. I think you made an interesting point there, Michael. Um, in terms of tip, I mean, it's easy that the sort of easy narrative with tip is, is you know, a tip celebrating too much and getting ahead of themselves and overconfident and all of this. <clears throat> but you could just as easily maybe make the, the sort of counter argument that, that tip actually thrive on confidence and um, that this team, this tip team, you know, they haven't known setbacks under Michael Ryan and they haven't. Uh, and they're playing with that bit of freedom and flair so far that, uh, that and this will be a big sort of, um, maybe a jolt to, their, to that confidence. Thriving on arrogance, <laughs> some, some would say. I didn't want to use that word. See, yeah. see, the narrative could take an unpleasant turn if Tip haven't been over-celebrating. Because if they haven't yeah. been over-celebrating, yeah. then what? See, it's... We like narratives. Anyway. Yeah, exactly, yeah. And, and that's, that's, a, that's appealing. I mean... The great cliche, you know, always in an all Ireland f- final winning dressing room is that somebody says, have a look around because not all of you will be here the next time you win an all Ireland. Mm. That there's always some killjoy who will bring that up. I'm not saying that's, just, that's the case with Tipperary. Obviously, it isn't numerically. But, like, a defeat like yesterday, I, I, I don't go in for this kind of mental scarring and stuff because Tip have had huge setbacks in the past. This This cohort of players and they've come back yeah that's true they, they've, they've won all Ireland's but because they, if they're to win the Ireland they have five games you know that's a lot and that's a lot a lot of games for everything to go right in uh, even even against Cork who you would, and you would rank tip a, a fair bit above Cork you know you would still expect Cork to ask some questions and there was questions asked yesterday that they couldn't really find answers to and I would say one big issue for Michael Ryan tonight or maybe tomorrow night whenever he brings him into training is why wasn't there more kind of proactive leadership on the field from a lot of really experienced players like they have a lot of experience in every line of the field and yet there was no great kind of energy from say bubbles coming out the field to look for the ball even if Cahill Barrett and Michael Catt had swapped themselves for 10 minutes just to you know try to get the grips with things you know Ronan Maher is still very young and you kind of forget that but he's in a pivotal position and you know, should Paddy Maher have said to him, Look, you go out with Canning and I'll slot in here you know, that kind of on field leadership or direction didn't seem to be there. And you know, they're not going to they're not going to lose another game this year by sixteen points. But are they going to lose another game this year for the same reasons that they can't to use that great rugby phrase, play what's in front of them and adapt to the conditions? Mm. Oh, and you noticed something about the tip management, I think, in the selectors in the, in the second half in particular, as the game slipped away from them yesterday. I just thought it very noticeable that when the game started to turn and go away from them, that these the three selectors, the three men who serve with uh, Michael Declan Fanning, John Madden and Connor Stakelham, got up off their bench and stood beside Michael. I don't know, was it a show of solidarity, uni- unity, but they were there for the last half hour and all four stood 
tightly together um aesthetically it just it was it was interesting and i imagine if you're watching on television because if they didn't you're looking at michael ryan standing on his own and his team being played off the pitch to the tune of 16 points but it was they were just very tightly bunched there for the for the closing part of the game when it was going against them it was just interesting to note mm. just a quick word in on the league overall i mean i suppose it would seem faintly ridiculous to to Outsiders looking in that the team actually won the league, haven't even been promoted to the to the top tier. Um, does this say something about the, the system again and the structure and all that? Not that we want to get into another um, debate about structures too much, but it does seem a little bit, uh, bit odd, doesn't it? Clearly there's an advantage there of, of hurling in the second tier um, through the months of February and March. Johnny Cohen said as much after yesterday's game that management can experiment with players can experiment with positions, with game plans, and you know if you're going down to Austin Stack Park in Tralee or O'Moore Park, or if Offaly are coming to visit, that you don't have to be at full tilt, whereas in 1A it's it's cutthroat from the, the very get-go, and, and we had that situation in the final round where you had five of the six teams in 1A who were in danger of of relegation. There were murmurings that we were going to go to an eight-team league um, next year. That would look to be the way forward because at the moment there would look to be eight teams and then a gap but that is now not the case so this will continue next year um, and you could well have a fourth year next year of a division 1b team winning the league given that Galway are in 1b next year so there's definitely flaws there and finally then it's it's, it's, it's all about learnings now what's uh, what's your your major learning from the league Michael um, yeah I mean the whole structure of it again but causing anyone's eyes to glaze over um, it's tight enough that you know every game is competitive and there's something out of it but I think it may be a little bit too tight and I thought um, you know having a situation where you know as, as Owen says you know four or five teams don't know if they're going to be relegated until the last minute of the last round of games like there was a great time from Eamon Fitzmaurice a few weeks ago about league saying they're not set up uh, for the weaker participants by definition mm-hmm. but I actually think it's too competitive because it's the numbers are just too tight with six and you have these anomalies where at half time you're in the semi-final and yet at full time you may be relegated mm-hmm. like that is too tight that's too too tight a, a sample size and even though the games are you know they are interesting because there's something at stake in everyone as as opposed to you know Galway versus Kerry in you know in Pierce Stadium you know, I actually think eight teams would be all right because there'd be more games, there'd be more uh, space for managers to experiment a little bit with fellas and try different guys, and it would still be reasonably competitive. And that's, of course, why you have, you know, Division 1A or Division divisional winners coming out of the second tier because there are eight or nine teams. And, you know, you're, are you doing anything for them by making them go through the motions then in February in front of... 50 people and, and a dog you know on a, on a terrible pitch whereas you know why not keep the game strong where it is strong and hope the rest catch up and who would you reckon took most out was Galway's the obvious answer but uh, them aside well, maybe Cork would they have taken most out of it yeah I think Cork probably progressed a good bit Wexford obviously you know Wexford, would, course, would, yeah. would take would take it out and, and lost a fair bit out of it Mm-hmm. Um, as well but yeah I mean certainly the landscape is, is very different now than it was 24 hours ago because of Galway and I think most people know no I haven't said that I mean if David Collins hadn't dropped the ball over the sideline last last August I have no doubt Galway would have worked an equalising opportunity whether they'd have taken it or not so you know 
there is nothing between themselves and Tipperary. Like the nightmare, obviously, for Galway would be to make the All Ireland final and to be facing Tipperary. Mm. Um, you know what I mean? And that would be that would be, I'd say, something that would keep me all done and awake through most much of July. The look on looking on face there, he 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 doesn't reckon that's I a nightmare no, scenario. At all, I'd say the nightmare scenario is Kikini because there's just yeah, this this yeah. inner lack of belief that we cannot beat Kikini. Um and you just go back to two thousand and fifteen. We always go back to two thousand and fifteen. We we're three up at half time and hurling miles better than the opposition and just collapse. I think Galway would would prefer if it was tip. That's just from a Galway perspective. And, and Galway have this inner belief that they've never ever been beaten by tip. I mean, it was only the yeah. only the referee I think uh, beat them in '89, I suppose. And, uh, and I wasn't, I wasn't and present, so can't comment. So yeah, I think I think Galway would be would be confident enough about dealing with tip again down the line, would they? Absolutely, um, absolutely. But I suppose for Galway, it's just when they meet tip. If they're meeting tip in an All Ireland semi final. The likelihood is that Tip will be Munster champions, whereas Galway are coming out of, of Leinster as runners-up. And why are Galway coming out of Leinster as runners-up when mm. they're probably the best team in Leinster now and therefore they haven't performed in a Leinster final again? Like 2012 was great, but they've lost three Leinster finals since. Um, and Kilkenny aren't the Kilkenny team that was there a couple of years ago. So I think Galway need to be winning Leinster putting themselves on the opposite side of the draw and just making a statement a second statement after April making another statement in early July and one final final thing then the um, how will it work out this week with tips appeals and uh, various shenanigans to, to get Jason Ford off his ban how, how, how is all that going to play out do you, do you think and and also from the Davy side of things are, are, are is there any mileage in Wexford taking this one any further I well, I was told just you're 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 incorrect with your terminology. You don't appeal. You uh you request a hearing. Sorry, yeah. With, with the with the CHC, I imagine both camps will appeal. Now I read somewhere that, oh, it was in our own paper. It was Mister Enda McAvoy in Saturday's paper who said, Wexford should do the right. Davies should do the right thing and not appeal. I don't think that will happen. Whether they're reduced, uh, is there is there is there leeway for them to be reduced or as opposed to quashed altogether? Michael, Michael might be able to shed some light um, but they're after making an example out of the two of them and then are you lessening that example by reducing those bans what do you think by, I noticed, I noticed uh, not, not wanting to get anybody in trouble there but I think uh, a Galway player might have inadvertently shouldered a Moyarishka on the sideline yesterday I mean, is that a, well, are we setting a bit of a dangerous precinct well, with these kind of things the difference is I'm sure that Galway player didn't say afterwards on the television that he'd do <laughs> it again like, I, don't think, I don't think Davey has a hope he'll get at least eight weeks I'd have a lot of sympathy for Jason Ford, actually. If I, no, I remember going to a match one time with a prominent intercounty hurler who said, "I'm not a barrister, but," <laughs> and if I were a barrister advising to prayer, I would send up Jason Ford's solicitor with him, and I would get that solicitor to address the meeting and say his client was a victim of an assault on the field, that there were thousands of witnesses, and that he was merely defending himself and showed <laughs> admirable restraint, and that this sanction has no bearing in law. I think it's outrageous that Jason Ford should face any suspension. Outrageous. Completely against natural justice. And if there was any sense of fairness, they'd even spare him to spin up to Dublin. We'll leave it there. Thanks very much to Michael Moynihan and Owen Cormican of the Irish Examiner. Colm O'Connor will be back in this chair next week. Uh, check out Paper Talk on SoundCloud or iTunes or on irishexaminer.com slash papertalk. Planning for your next trip? 
Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.